out. It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. And welcome uh, to another edition of They Came to Play. And there is plenty to discuss today as I welcome to the show a man whose team has finally remembered how to play football, Danny McGinley. Hello. Yes, it was the battle between the D's and the Dogs, two teams that have, I think you could fairly say, uh, are, are pretty good at uh, at ruining their fans' dreams. And uh, But Melbourne, credit to them, they're better at it than us. There we go. Good job. And a mad, mad Tigers fan whose star full forward will no doubt be the centrepiece in an upcoming Underbelly series. Uh, that is the very violent and unpredictable Tom Lynch. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Uh, I'm not. No comment. No comment. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> I'll comment on this. Like, I'll comment. I've actually got, I will defend Tom Lynch for once. Uh He's accused of punching Michael Hurley in the throat. In Tom Lynch's defence, it's very hard to know where Tom Hurley's face ends and the beard begins. So he was probably just trying to touch his beard and then, of course, he got him right in the thyroid. Do you mean Michael Hurley? Oh, what did I say? Tom Hurley. Tom Harley Harley. used to to play for Geelong. (laughs) Yeah, now the CEO of the Sydney Swans. Isn't that what happened? Oh, my KO is really weird. I will say it's fine if it goes to the tribunal. It's fine if it goes there and they chat it out and then Tom's like, oh, okay. But Michael Hurley was all at his hands and stuff and then he turned around to push him away and turns out he went to tug his beard and then it wasn't his beard, it was his throat. And so there was a situation there. But I think that Tom Lynch, this is a game we play for fun and people are carrying on a little bit about Tom Lynch and they should just back off. Leave Brittany alone. Leave Tom alone. And also, Michael Hurley was involved in another incident with Nick Floston, uh, which we'll get to at a later stage or maybe not at all, hopefully. But he was actually genuinely whacked Nick Floston. And I feel like that staging incident is unfair. Grimes, not so much. Floston, I think, is unfair. So everyone can bugger off. Go on. <laughs> but hang on, wasn't there a Bell Chambers, Floston... It was Grimes. Yeah, okay. That one was pretty bad Um, and I wish they wouldn't do silly things, but sometimes your team does do silly things. And also Essendon had a lot of chances to win and they didn't win and it's not those two incidents that cost them the game. So if you're thinking about getting online and thinking, you know who I really need to talk to about their behaviour, the player themselves, and I'm going to slide into their DMs with some kind of death threat, maybe don't. Be a dickhead. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Go into the bathroom and just yell at the in the mirror and get it off your chest. It's totally fine. Get a journal. Get a burn book and then write it down in your burn book. It's fine. <laughs> just don't have to contact the players yeah. themselves. Yeah. I want to say something nice about Dylan Grimes then, uh, Tess. I've, I've realised I've been very anti-Richmond for so long. I'm going to try and turn over a new leaf. I'll say something nice about him. Um, we have all been wondering if uh, who was going to stand up and fill the void that Alex Rance has left, and Dylan Grimes did a great job. He is diving <laughs> he like does. nobody else. He is doing it beautifully. He is Kudos. The, the new Greg Laganus of the competition. <laughs> 
I should use an Australian diving reference. Who was our guy who won gold in Beijing? Oh, yeah. Matthew Mitchum. Oh. The Matthew Mitchum yeah. of the AFL. I love it. Uh, there we go. And um, But, Tom, I feel like the Hurley incident, it, to me, was the least offensive of the Tom Lynch incidents. It's just a, it was the, it's just a chance for them to air the grievances. They're clearly sick of talking about Tom Lynch and, probably, and so am I. And so I think it's a way in which they can try and air the grievances because all the incidents are quite different. Like the the Brisbane player that he, you know, pushed into the ground, different. Last week, whatever it was, different. This week again, different, but all three in the striking family. And it's weird. And the guy that he hit over the head with a shovel, I mean, different. And the bloke at the 7-Eleven that he held up uh, with a shotgun, different again. They're all different. And the bank robbery, different. I mean, don't watch Princeton. What about the genocide? What, what, you know when he committed when he committed genocide? <laughs> that goes to the UN next week after the tribunal. He goes straight to the UN for war crimes. Man, if the UN lets him off with a fine, I'm going to I'll be spewing. <laughs> I'll be furious. Just wait. What'll happen next week is Tom Lynch, you know, because he loves Vladimir Putin. It's his he names Putin as his inspiration. Who I don't Tess, Who are you playing this week? West Coast on Thursday. Uh, West Coast. So who's going to be standing Tom Lynch? Will it be Tom Barras, McGovern? Oh, it'll be McGovern. Barras. So Barras will get poisoned before the game. <laughs> there, we go. Ah, there it is. Classic Tom Lynch move. <laughs> He's always doing that. That's his third yeah, poison. So we, anyway, keep an eye out for that, Tom Barras. <laughs> but a genuine highlight from that game, guys, was the debut of Irving Mosquito. Uh, what is undoubtedly the greatest name now in world sport and i'm just oh well, that's a big well hang on limo limo i'm just gonna oh, yeah. i'm gonna protect my my own interest here bonnie too good still plays in the aflw true uh, bonnie too good is an excellent name um and so's still side bottom and so's hugh mccluggage and so's the u.s cheerleader charity beaver um but- <laughs> But there is no way any of them are as good as Irving Mosquito. I mean, I love sport-appropriate names too, like the NASCAR driver Will Power. Oh, um, yeah, Damien's or the other NASCAR. Yes, that's right. The other NASCAR driver, true name, Scott Speed. Wow. That is – and the what about the Russian hurdler, Marina Stepanova? I mean – No, these come are all, on. <laughs> that is true. I'm not making it up. That is true. Much better than a high school rival, Marina Trippinova. That was just never going to work for a hurdler. But I, I, I will put Irving Mosquito up against any other name in world sport. In fact, there's a challenge for the good listeners of They Came to Play. If you can find a better name in world sport than Irving Mosquito, please get in touch and tell us what it is. Definitely, definitely. He was awesome. And I'm glad he had his great moments. Same with Tipper as well. It was a good night. And I do... It's tricky because Dreamtime, like what it's like once you see it in Darwin, you're like, oh no, it should always be there. It was absolutely magnificent. It looked beautiful, and I just could imagine actually when uh, Rioli is able to go and into like to mingle with the crowd because he had, kept having to tell them, you know, I can't come over. Um, at the end, mm. it was just awesome. But at a time when the you know money is so tight in the AFL, I highly doubt that they would give up 90,000 people at the MCG, the clubs I'm speaking of, to then go and play in Darwin where it would cost more money. However, 
who knows next year whether or not people will be going to the footy in big numbers. So we may have a chance to do it again. Yeah, I love yeah, I love the idea of it, Tess, but I just I agree with you. I think that it's such a big night at the MCG uh, that I just can't see it being moved from there. And ne- next year they'll be so desperate to have as much footy as they can at the MCG as well, particularly those big ticket items like Dreamtime at the G, the uh, Queen Holiday Monday and the Anzac game. So what they should definitely do, Limo and Tess, is if they can't have these things at the MCG, is I think it was a great thing playing it up in Darwin. So they should play all of these uh, showcase matches at appropriate places. So I think the Anzac Day match should be moved to Gallipoli next year. <laughs> I think it's an excellent suggestion. Queen's Birthday Clash could be played at Lord's. That's a good idea. And Easter Monday inside Jesus's tomb. <laughs> move it. Would you move it to Jerusalem or Bethlehem? Absolutely. Where would you take that? Yeah, okay. Bethlehem. That'd be quite nice. Wait, wait, hang on, Tess. You guys went to actual Catholic schools. Where Where was his tomb? Oh, I can't remember. Isn't that terrible? Uh, well, it was, I think Jerusalem might be your nearest uh, your nearest place. He was born in Bethlehem, of course. Bla- uh, played his juniors at Nazareth. These <laughs> juniors at Nazareth, uh, and, and uh, I think and his happy hunting ground was Galilee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll never forget reading the injury list that day when it said Jesus dead available. I went, wow, <laughs> he, uh, really knows how to recover from injury. This guy, except he, the the one thing I don't like about Jesus is he he played for the Saints. Right. <laughs> I tell you what, though, we always stood up whenever they came up against the demons. Wow. <laughs> He's a good player in the wet. Like you just, you couldn't even tell that there was there was dew on the grass. His uh, his his skills were extraordinary. Anyway, we could do this all day, Tess, but we won't bore you with it. Okay, we'll get back onto the games. Glorious. Hey, um, but congratulations uh, to Richmond, and uh, you know, as you said, Tess Daniel Rioli, very emotional uh, post match. Obviously, meant a lot to him to be able to play in front of. So many um, friends and family members up there. Also awesome for Shay Bolton, who designed the jumper and won the medal at the end, won the award at the end of the game for the best on ground. Mm. Um, you know, everybody has these players in their team, but before they come good, you know they're going to come good. And in the rooms in the 20, after the 2017 grand final, Shay Bolton obviously wasn't playing then. He was still in the VFL. But he was in the rooms and I thought, oh, I should get a photo with him now because he's going to be super famous later in life and he'll be too cool to have a photo with me. And so I got a photo taken with him back in 2017 just in preparation for him to come really good. And now he has. So (laughs) jokes on all of you. But well done to him. If we can sort out our goal kicking, we now get to go back to our spiritual home of Queensland where we play very good football and see how we go. There we go. Well, sort out your goal kicking with your full forward who at the tribunal will no doubt be rubbed out for eight to ten weeks. So, <laughs> Yep, at the Hague. Actually, Tess, um, one of our Patreons wanted to point out to you, you said in the Patre- bonus Patreon episode, which comes out every Wednesday, um, that you said the, the Tigers have had the edge over the Bombers in recent years. And uh, he just wanted to point out that uh, that really doesn't say much considering it's against the Bombers. And that comes from a Bombers fan. Uh, and also, um, we did, uh, we have a, a few, we have had a request from one of our new Patreons. Um, of course, if you join at $5, um, you get the bonus episodes. If you join at $20 a month, um, you get a copy of my stand up DVD, you get a, or a copy of Limo's book or both. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. Tess, we, we don't really know what you ha- what you can offer there. So I just wrote down um, you can get a lock of Tess's hair, which I pointed w- was pointed out to me that that's a bit creepy by uh, Isabel, yeah. Uh, yeah. one of our Patreons. She's requested, could you get some signed ABC merch? Now, I know right. the ABC doesn't do official merch, but could you get, uh, you know, Raph Epstein to, uh, to, to, to write on, uh, like, you know, we've got to trick him somehow. This can't be, you've got to forge this. Could you get Virginia Trioli to sign for a package and then we can, we can glue that onto a footy jumper? Uh, right. no. So, so what you're I- after is a signed, a signed post pack from Virginia Trioli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Something from the mail. Was well, there anything else that Tess could offer? Well, the only thing I thought I could do is that I could leave people voice messages where I say nice things about their club or that I um, talk to them about whatever, but I don't really have much to offer. So just get, give them more of your DVDs and stuff. I think I think a nice message from Tess, a personalised nice message about your team because you are yeah. genuinely the, the nice one of the group. So I think that that's actually a good offer. I'm going to put that in. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's excellent. Um, and what we – I mean, another thing I thought we could endeavour to do is – uh, we could sign uh, merchandise. Uh, uh, anyway, no, let me let me think about that one. I was about to make a promise we couldn't deliver on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how we do things here. That's how we do things. So I'm going to stop myself there. We'll think of something. It's a good challenge, though, to think of something that Tess can uh, throw into the um, the bonus bin with uh, Danny's DVD in my book. Um, well, let's uh, actually. Can we before we go any further? Can I just give you guys two numbers and you tell me what comes to mind? 14 and zero. What? Anything come to mind when I say 14 and zero? They're the ages of your illegitimate children. Uh, no, no. Yeah, that, was the, uh, that was the free kick count in the second half uh, of the Port Hawthorne game on the weekend. 14 to zero. In the second half. Isn't that also Adelaide's win-loss record or are they 13 and 0? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they're 13 and 0. Uh, but, yeah, they're, th- they're 13 and 0. That's fantastic. Uh, That's Port trolling both Hawthorne and the Crows. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but how is that even possible? No free kicks in the second half. It was a joke. We've been screwed by the umpires. And Clarko, they offered, gave him a chance. They threw the bait out at the post-match presser and he didn't say anything. He said, no, I'm not saying a word. I'm just going to let the fans do it on Twitter. And the fans were fired up, I can tell you that much. And then the um, free kick differential since uh, the resumption of season 2020 has been horrific. Hawthorne have been on the negative side of the differential every week. Even the bye, the, the bye got more free kicks than us. Is it because you're not in the contest? Is that, is what, is that what's happening? I feel like on Saturday you were, but the other weeks you haven't really been in the play and so therefore maybe they can't find anything to give to you. I do think 14 zip seems unfortunate <laughs> for the weekend. It also wouldn't have done anything to stop that silver service uh, delivery from Scott Lysette to Zach Butters, which was an amazing goal. So I'm sorry, but that was some seriously fun way to win. I think Port... We're probably the better team on the day, but I think we just got some cruise. We missed out on some free kicks that were. Can I tell you, CJ, right, the young fella, got hit in the head about five times in the last quarter. I was like, does he? Does his head not count for too high for some reason? Is his head? Is there a special exclusion in the rule book from his head? 
He would have been bunged up like a prize fighter the next day. He got that many whacks to the head. Not a single too high for anyway. Don't get me started. I came off a long run on Saturday night on this. Do you want me to check with Chelsea Roffey and we can look at the official uh, rule books and see if there is a mention of Hawthorne players' heads? <laughs> if there's an exclusion uh, for uh, CJ. But Lima, I'll... I'll tell you what's going on here. Uh, got, if you think back to 2014 preliminary final where the power was smashing you in yes. the first half of the game and then you got 10 free kicks to zip in the second quarter. So on Saturday you had 14-0 against you but you had 10 for you in the 2014 preliminary final. Where did, now, you, I, pull, where did you pull this from? Is this information just floating around in your head? AFLtables.com, mate. This is where you get all your hard stats. And anyway, so you got you borrowed 10 and then you got 14 back. That is a compound interest of 5.77% on that loan. That's, right. As an accountant, you know that's a good deal. Okay. Well, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. But I, gee, my memory of that game is I only have two memories of that particular game. One is Port nearly steamrolling us in the last quarter. And the second one is Luke Hodges' match-saving smother um, on the halfback flank with about a minute to go. And aside from that, I remember, I remember nothing of that night. But anyway, I'm, I'm just looking now at, uh, at draft picks. So, Hawthorne, if you could just, just play the kids and not be a part of it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I got so Aww. angry that we lost that game the other day. I'm like, can we? it's much easier when you get flogged. Yeah. Yeah, because yep. you were right in it. And we'll talk about Adelaide, but I, I felt the same about Adelaide. I thought, oh, is it worse to actually think you have a chance of beating one of the top teams or just better to be the low teams who then get to look forward to draft picks? Like at least you know where you are. But I kind of thought it was pretty amazing that your, all your young ones played out of their skin and then Port still won because I want Port to win the premiership. So, you know. Yeah, well, I've got a proposal for you here. In a, in a weird season like this, uh, you know, where there's the coronavirus to deal with, players are in hubs and loads of risks with player exposure. As soon as a team cannot mathematically make the finals, should they just be cut for the rest of the season? Because yes, the Crows now mathematically cannot make the finals. Should we just they say, that. It, you're done, over for the year? They did that in the NBA. Like, remember, only the teams that could feasibly make the playoffs got invited to the Orlando Hub. My New York Knicks have not played any basketball for for months and won't because the season, uh, you know, is will finish up soon, and uh, and then they've got to wait a couple of months to start the new season. Yep. So, yeah, there is precedent. Uh, so I I just feel like. Uh... That would be good. But, you know, be nice and tidy. Just type a few loose ends as we go. Yeah. And just save them a couple of bucks on um, quarantining girlfriends and children and wives and yes. player assistants yes. and whatever. Send them all back to Vic. Come on down. Numbers are going down. You have to come back and hang out here. There it is. Uh, well, Port Adelaide remain on the top of the ladder after beating the Hawkers uh, the other day. Should we go back to the start of the round? Then oh, yeah. Carlton, how's Carlton's form Friday night? Seven goals, 18. <laughs> Seven, 18 to four goals, three. And I'll tell you how Carlton fans have been so conditioned to shit themselves that they're going to get beaten or disappointed in any circumstances that I was watching. I was on a Zoom uh, catch-up the other night with a, f- a few people, but Adam Rosenbachs and Husey were both on the Zoom, and actually my mate Hawley, who's also a Carlton fan. So three Carlton fans, 
At three-quarter time, they were up by three goals nine. Adam Rosenbach's had to get off the Zoom call. He couldn't be on it any longer. Uh, My mate Hawley, I barely got a word out of him for the last quarter, and Husey, I think, said one or two things and didn't concede that it was in the bag until the last 30 seconds of the game. I think you're mistelling this story, Limo. There's a couple of factors. One, uh, Husey, of course, works on The Masked Singer and he has COVID-19, so he probably had the chills and couldn't really say much. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, uh, Tessie, have you noticed he's, uh, Limo's telling this story like he was just trying to catch up with friends and they and they were all distracted and they were all, uh, you know, not, not being social on the call. Can you imagine how horrible Limo was being to him? <laughs> <laughs> It would have been relentless. Also, they're so lucky. I mean, if I was playing like them and, like, I just don't understand. Patrick Cripps, my, I was debating this with my husband on Friday night. Patrick Cripps, by the way, how long did it take for Friday night to come around? I was like, oh, thank God the festival of footy's over. And then I was so bored, like three days. I was like, God, bring it back. Anyway, Patrick Cripps is an amazing footballer at so many things, but he cannot kick set shots. So why is he keep trying to kick them? Just give them to someone else who can kick the set shots. But then Sam was saying, you know, he has to practice. I was like, practice in your own time, Patrick. Stop. <laughs> so annoying. It's so annoying. I hate it. It makes him seem like a less amazing player, and I hate that. But if I was a Carlton person, I can totally understand why they don't think they're going to win because it's just conditioned. It's a conditioned response, which I had, I still have. And that's why you all tease me so much. Yeah, well, they uh, they definitely have it. And, I mean, 18 behinds, seriously. Uh-huh. Let's have a look at the worst culprits. Uh, Harry Mackay, four behind. Mark Murphy, two. And then, gee, there must have been a lot of rushed behinds. Yep. Because they're not being allocated on the, uh, on the AFL website here. Um, it was truly grim. But I did feel bad for the Suns. They've been playing a lot of games in a short period of time. And so they did kind of rock up a bit underdone. Um, and that's sad. I just want them to have another win because you know how in the last couple of years, every year it's played out the same way where the Suns kind of start promising. They get a couple of good wins and then they just never, ever win again for the rest of the season. And I really yeah. did feel the season was different and it's not working out to be different and that's quite annoying. So I'd, mm. I'd like the Suns to have another win before the end of the They'll get one. Of, will they? They're playing North on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You know okay. what? Because I've now, I've, I've divided the ladder up into three sections, okay? All right. So my, the top section of my ladder is people who can possibly win the grand final. Mm-hmm. That's teams one to oh, five. That's just I mean, Richmond, isn't it? That, Rich, Lima, well, that's Richmond. just Richmond. Richmond are the clear favourites, but – in an effort to be more inclusive and keep fans of other teams still interested in the season, Danny, I oh, okay. say, I say, oh, five teams, you know. But, but I mean, Richmond, if Richmond lose the grand final, seriously. Oh, wow. Like Liquidate. Liqu- <laughs> close down Punt Road. In fact, I, I would close Punt Road. I'd turn Punt Road into a mall. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, we should probably even just um, delete Richmond the suburb after, from, the, from all the history yeah. books. Yeah, and even people with the surname Richmond, they have to change their name. <laughs> Mitch Richmond, the uh, the basketballer. Yeah, even the town of Richmond, Virginia in the States. Wow. Needs its name changed. The capital uh, of the Confederacy. The And the suburb of Richmond in London uh, should also be, that's where Mick Jagger lives, that should be deleted as well. Oh, um, yeah. If they don't win the flag. 
But anyway, my categories are one down to five teams that can win the flag, yep. which is like Port, Brisbane, Geelong, West Coast, Richmond. Then there's the teams that are fighting it out for the last three spots in the eight, and that's St Kilda all the way down to Fremantle at 13th. Yep. And call. then there's the five teams who could, just for the sake of saving money and the spreading of disease, could just pack it up for the year. And that's Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Sydney, North Melbourne and the Crows. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. And if you're going to play one of those five teams at the bottom, then just, I don't know, you just get the four points because you probably win anyway. (laughs) You're right, you get four points, but one of your members has to get injured because that always happens in a game. That's an easy (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the game when they probably should have been already on the bench because it was an easy win, that you get the four points. That's a great idea, Tess. And we have like we'll, we'll get like two spinny wheels with all the players' name. One's got all the players' yeah. names on it that we're going to play, and the other one is like body parts. And then you, and then a the third one to how severe. So say we, you know, Richmond, we're going to play, uh, you know, uh, Hawthorne, and we spin it around. It goes dig 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 dig, dig and it goes uh, uh, Nick Floston. Sadly, I love Nick Floston, but uh, he's just the player that came up. And then we spin it round, and he's injured his elbow. And then we spin it one more time and it's, you know, mild to medium. So then they, uh, what do they do? They slam it in a car door. <laughs> and he comes back two weeks later. I think that works. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Best That's actually football. far more entertaining than the games that we're having to watch. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, I dispute Nick Foston, but I'll, I'll, I'll back in my own idea. Uh, well, this week the um, four of the bottom five are all playing each other. So that keeps it. Oh. You know, grim areas that gives you at least a clear cut break from the festival second, the second wave of festival footy, and so you get to have some time off. Yes, for those teams, which is good. Do you know what? I've, uh, I've come up with the perfect description for the festival of footy. We all love footy; it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, but it was a bit too much. It's a bit like uh, you know when you're trying to conceive and you have to have be intimate with your spouse like every night for a week, and it's just like I remember doing one time do it with my wife, and she seriously read a book during. Yeah, you know, it was just she just you just get a little Danny, bit bored of having to do it all the time. Daddy, this is more reflection on you, I think, than the process. <laughs> Don't blame the process, mate. You're Adelaide. You're Adelaide in this conversation. So, <laughs> uh, let's save you, Danny McGinley, and talk about Saturday's game where the Bulldogs got up over the D's. Yes, it was. Uh, I I want to really point out uh, my favourite uh, new player is uh, Latham Vandermeer. I just fell in love with this kid. I've already I, he'd already been pretty good, but just something about this game. He's He's in a, a great position at the moment where he's played enough games and he's getting cocky. He is very overconfident. His skills haven't caught up yet. He went on a, he took on a few players and got tackled and gave away free kicks a couple of times, but I really like it. And I hope that doesn't get beaten out of him by, uh, by the coaches. I just let him be arrogant. He was, ab- and, uh, and he's got a great name. Uh, one of my mates calls him Alias because uh, he thinks Latham Vandermeer is a name that someone made up on the spot when they were trying to give a fake name. <laughs> right. 
But I just call him Vandermeer Industries because of the Seinfeld uh, reference. But he was brilliant. Um, My other favourite moment was uh, when the D's got a late goal, uh, and and you know it was there was still possible that they could win. They got a late goal, and Spargo did a thing that they do in soccer when you say you're down three nil and you score a goal. You don't celebrate. You just pick the ball out of the net and run it back to the center. He did that as if. Yeah, but they have to wait 30 seconds after the goal anyway. It made no difference. Plus there's time on. I mean, like in soccer, I get that there's a bit of wiggle room with your time on. But in AFL, the time on's like precise. So no one's losing any time here. Hey, and now, Danny, big Timmy English, I'm loving his hair, but I can't work out who he looks like. He's got some sort of, it's almost like a soap character like a Days of Our Lives character or a Young and the Restless character, he's got going yeah, on. Yeah, it is unnaturally blonde. It is. It is. He is. He, sorry. It, it is naturally blonde, but it's very. It's a shock of very white hair. He. I think he looks like uh, Spike from Buffy. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. I say he looks like he's a, me- a brother of the Kennedys, as in John and Robert Kennedy. He looks like them in the uh, with Spike's hair, which is a really weird combo. But actually. <laughs> So we should call him Spike Kennedy. There we go, Spike Kennedy. He's got a new name. Lucky fella. I actually think Uh, that this week Melbourne should get the depressometer because there's nothing more Melbourne than having weeks and weeks where they're like, oh, no, wait, hang on, it wasn't a blip in 2018. We're good to go. And then coming up against a team that probably should beat, sorry, Danny, but like that they could have beaten and being absolutely nowhere and reminding everybody, oh, no, we're just going to go a whole quarter where we're going to have no defence at all and see what happens. And so I really do think they deserve the depressometer this week. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. One goal to six in the third quarter. Uh, They've secured it right there. but It uh, was an end. We did have a win. There was a uh, there was wind uh, for the end that we were kicking to. That's why I didn't relax at three quarter time. But yeah, they 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 dropped their heads, Melbourne, as they so often do. Uh, and we're Melbourne on the ladder, ninth. Oh, there we go. Keep it warm. Uh, they've got the prize position of uh, of ninth on the ladder. Uh, all right, let's uh, keep working our way through the games here. We've done uh, Port Hawthorne. We've done Essendon, Richmond. Oh, match of the round. <laughs> Perth Stadium, Saturday night. Fremantle, 7 8 50. Defeated Sydney, 2 7 19. Oh, how can two goals for a game? Oh. How? you got to you got to respect the commentators for working their asses off to oh. try and keep that oh. interesting. I, I reckon they sh- they would be forgiven if they just started reading a book out loud. Like, you know, just going, hey, this is a terrible game. H- have you guys read Of Mice and Men? We're just going to read Of Mice and Men to you now. And the game will just keep yeah. going. But then, you you know, you learn about uh, Depression-era America. <laughs> topic. Everybody learns a little something about themselves. I mean, I... I quite like Fremantle and I really like their AFLW team. They've got a superstar AFLW team and quite a fun AFL team now. And Luke Ryan was awesome and I like Caleb Sarong and he's got a good name. And there's a good stat, the one good stat out of this came from Swamp for me, that the only person who's kicked a goal in every single round of 2020 is Matt Taberner. So that's exciting. Oh. And like, is that who, right? who knew we had that kind of consistency? Um, but yeah, it was a real shocker. 
It was a real shocker. But they Sydney pretty much did that against us when they played us, remember. They played a very defensive style and they didn't hardly kick any goals. But then no one hardly kicked any goals and it's not, it's not ideal for Saturday night. I didn't know that. Game. One goal to three-quarter time, I mean, seriously. That, have that you, got, have you got a big call, Lima? You got a big call about kicking one goal to three-quarter time? <laughs> uh, yeah, here, here it is. Are you ready for this, guys? Okay. Kicking, kicking only one goal to three-quarter time just simply isn't good enough. Whoa! Whoa, 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 whoa! And hey, now I realise I'll be taking the task over this, and I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably be trolled, and um, I'm sure I'll be the lead story on AFL 360 tonight. But I'm prepared to say it, guys. One goal, three quarter time, not enough. Wow! You know what makes me laugh? Whenever, you, whenever your team is so shit, like Sydney were on Saturday night, they've only named. Because normally they name six or seven players in the best, like every team does. But on the AFL website, there's only four players named in oh. Sydney's best. They couldn't even find a fifth player oh, to put in their best. That's how shit they were. <laughs> yeah, it was real grim grim areas. And so I took myself off to bed after dream time. I kind of clicked over and was like, I don't think I need to see this out. I'll watch the highlights no. tomorrow. Matt Taberner's goal. Did you find highlights? Well done. <laughs> Good, good job. The link was broken, but I just imagined them. <laughs> she, she actually, they, you click on highlights and it was uh, it was just Hamish McLaughlin reading of Mice and Men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a real joy to uh, get that game over and done with. Um, now, what's up uh, next on Sunday? Oh, the Crows. Oh. oh, they got teased. They got taunted by the Cats. The Cats played with them like a cat might play with a ball of string. Mm-hmm. Give it a chance for a while, and then uh, they uh, were all over them. I heard a few people. I didn't see all of this game, but I heard a few people complaining about the umpiring. I don't know if you guys developed a view on that at any point. What were they complaining about? Uh, I know Fitzy was on. um, uh, Fitzy was on Twitter complaining about the umpires and saying that he doesn't normally complain about the umpires, which is the same thing I said when I complained about the umpires. I'm not racist, but I don't complain about umpires. But uh, yeah, but I'm going to complain about them right here. I didn't see a lot of that. I do. I mean, I do think that cats probably did that thing that they've been doing this season, where instead of resting players for whole games, they essentially send their players like deep, deep forward for the whole, like for you know the whole quarters and whatever. And so they don't really play their normal attacking or even defence. They don't play their normal game until, you know, they really have to and that's how they've been trying to kind of like conserve their energy across the season. I really do feel like Adelaide people definitely feel heartened that like you got close but I think Geelong were probably just coasting for a game until they really had to put the pedal on and then they did and Tom Hawkins was great again and then it was all over. You probably weren't actually as close as you thought. My theory on the uh, the Crows is they're doing um, their little, you know, they can't win any games this year, the season's off, so they're now doing bingo of all the different types of losses you can get. You know, they're getting thumped one week, tick, uh, you get, and this was honourable loss, tick. Uh, they had the heartbreaker against Essendon, tick. I think uh, they've got to do goal after the siren, uh, and then the final one is asteroid destroys the earth halfway through a match. Which apparently right. doesn't happen in November. So if we're still playing in November, we could be within luck. Uh, it'd be good to squeeze all of those in at some point. <laughs> Praying for this season to be over. God, just get over. I mean, at this stage, I always wonder whether or not it's better that they 
lose or whether it's better that like you know they continue to lose or whether or not it's actually okay for them to win I'm not, I'm not sure what you'd want because if you're able to actually have full as in full draft picks full ability to go into next year looking good maybe it would be better not to not to win another uh, oh, I don't know I reckon the coach might want to win a game <laughs> I suspect he'd be keen to win a game Lemo, two big calls wow. in one episode. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love to know what is the longest a coach has waited for their first win. Oh, Ooh. that'd be interesting. Well, There'd be will, some uh, that never got a win, like, you know, guys who just uh, fill in for a little bit. That fill-ins, yes. But so far, he's Nick's has waited now 13 weeks and it's probably, judging by how they're going, it's probably going to be season 2021. Mind you, they've got Hawthorne this weekend, so anything's possible. Oh, exciting. As we said the other day, it is the most feared team. You don't want to lose to Adelaide. So when you're coming up against them, it's very nerve-wracking. You really don't want to lose uh, to the Crows. Uh, So hopefully that doesn't happen this weekend, although I am happy to go down the ladder a little bit, Uh, as I've said on perhaps one too many occasions. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The second game on Sunday uh, was, of course, oh, what a belter this was. Yeah. Hey, can, can the Lions learn how to kick straight, just oh by God. the way? It's so depressing. This is, I'd it's love so to see what their season stats are on goals and behinds because they just cannot buy a goal at times. But six goals, 14, just got home. And the Saints had a chance, too, to snatch that at the end. I, oh, God. Can I say, there the only stat I've got off the top of my head is the fact that eight of their last 11 games, they've kicked more behind some goals, Brisbane. This was the second game in a row that they'd won despite kicking less goals than their opponents. Mm-hmm. I mm. also was like, so they've got a bye this week, which my Brisbane friends and Tilly, who's a listener of the pod, um, is thrilled about. But essentially, if you were Chris Fagan, would you just chain them to the ground and just make them force them for the entire bye week to just practice goal kicking? I don't understand. Because, like, with Eric Hipwood, they're saying, you know, he looks out of, um, like, he looks like he's not confident. But he's taking unbelievable speeds and stuff. I'm like, he looks pretty confident. He just doesn't, he's just not able to actually kick any goals. But their defence mm, was you, amazing. He took a good mark, though. Oh, it's unbelievable. And, like, he's getting the ball there, but he's just not able to do it. And how crazy that Tim Membry moment that actually when you end up losing by under a kick, that moment when someone's kick was clearly going through for a goal, but he went there, you know, fumbled around, wasn't sure, brought it back into play. Then another player was had a clear run at kicking it off the ground, but then he was in the way of it. So he's, he got in the way of two teammates kicking it off. That was right at the start, yeah. And they lose by under a goal. Mm. I know there's a lot that happens. Oh, oh. you idiot. <laughs> Do, can someone tell Chris Fagan, though, that the Lions won? Because he looked furious when the siren went. <laughs> yeah, he was He was not happy at the end of that game, was he? <sighs> um, but they were up. <laughs> What were they? They were up by 10 points, 6.13 to 6.3 at three-quarter time, up by 10 points. Look, they weren't, They haven't been convincing lately, Brisbane, but they've been doing what really good teams do, and that's still winning when you're a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, right, how you win. If you win, it doesn't matter. In the terms of the point system, like you get four points, they need to work on their percentage, but they're still going to play finals and they're still going to probably – hopefully get a lot of games at home. And so who, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Including a grand final. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, it looks like they are going to get the grand final. And I have to apologise. It's been – we're pretty deep in the pod and I haven't mentioned Supercoach yet. Um, <laughs> I'm annoyed with Seb Ross uh, for the job that he did on Lockie Neal because Lockie Neal gave almost nothing on Supercoach on the weekend. He's been a star all year on Supercoach, uh, but he had a shocker, Lockie Neal. The moment I knew they were truly spooked was an, a Lockie Neal moment, but there was like five or six minutes to go, so there was ages to go, and they started kicking it backwards and kicking Ooh. it around and trying to do that territory thing. And uh, I was like, oh, no, and then Lockie Neal just kicked it straight to us and killed a player, and I was like, oh, you, this is exactly the issue. You guys are in serious strife. But St Kilda really should have taken advantage of the moment and could have really got there. So, you know, well done to the Lions. They got there, who cares, you know, but just learn to kick. For the love of God. <laughs> For the love of God. Learn Please to learn to kick straight, <laughs> uh, whatever you do. And, um, well, the final game uh, yesterday was, uh, oh, West Coast Eagles and um, and GWS. You two really enjoyed this game, didn't you? <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that the West Coast Eagles are Jim Carey in that I really like watching Jim Carey do serious roles like Truman Show, Man on the Moon, uh, Eternal Sunshine. I really am so bored of his his comedy, you know, the the wacky face, crazy guy stuff. And that's the Eagles. Like I love watching the Eagles – uh, you know, do different things like beat Collingwood in a grand final or or do some exciting things like that. Whereas, you know, them just thumping teams at home, hurt it, boring, move on. Yeah. How's the hometown advantage they get as well with the uh, with the umpires? Let's have a look at the free kick count from the weekend. I actually don't know what it is. It better be in their favour. Oh, yeah, it's 11 to 8 mm. on the weekend. But, you know, Hawthorne got no free kicks in the second half. Mm. The last oh, no, time that hurt. happened. Yeah, yeah, the last time that happened was in Perth. St Kilda got no free kicks and a half of footy in Perth in 2015. Round 23, 2015 against the Eagles. Yeah, no, it's not enjoy- uh, I Did you guys hear that story about how Eagles are bartering? Because they, they play North Melbourne in a couple of weeks and that game was originally meant to be in Tasmania, but clearly it won't be. And so Eagles are trying to buy out a home, another home game to get to play it at Perth Stadium against North Melbourne. And um, I'm like, well, why wouldn't North Melbourne just get the home game but in Queensland or something like that? But it's just like, I was like, they've got to shake off that idea that they need to play at home to win because they're actually an amazing team and actually they will find once they get settled somewhere else. But, like, the idea that they can only win because they play in Perth, I'm like, no, that's boring. Shake that off and get going. Um, the Giants were so depressing yesterday. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Because they got Toby Green back and he's usually like a magic powder and it makes everybody better. But I was both teams, were uh, their jumpers were a substantial improvement on their regular jumpers. You know, their Indigenous jumpers were actually beautiful. And I thought with both teams they should have those jumpers all the time, which I don't think for every team, but for that team, those teams would definitely agree. Um, for the Giants, so Phil Davis isn't there, right, at the moment. He's injured. And there was this article today about how... Yeah. They essentially can't play without him. But that is the exact problem with the Giants that everyone keeps talking about, that all the good, good teams are role, you know, role-playing teams, the Clarko mould, where Phil Davis is out, but you have someone else that's learnt how to play exactly like Phil Davis, so then they come in and play that exact role, whereas they have not replaced that role, so therefore their whole game style is different. I'm like, just, just train someone to play like Phil. 
Am I crazy? So you're saying they're like a they're like a souffle. They only they're only really good if everything is in absolute perfect conditions. <laughs> what was Sam Pang's nickname when he played football? The, <laughs> the orchid. The orchid. That's right. The orchid. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly uh, what I was thinking of. Thrived, yeah, only thrived in perfect conditions. Yeah. But Jake Riccardi uh, was good, and it's good to get a Riccardi back on the field. You know, it's been a while since we had a Riccardi, and he was awesome. So I was like, that was something good. But I just want to see the Eagles outside and I know I may live to regret this because we play them on Thursday night but I'm just intrigued to see them in a different place in a different setting and see how how they how good they are I'm sure they're quite good uh look I'm sure I'm sure they are but they really did struggle in Queensland before they moved back home and they've just taken all before them since then uh but the grand final is going to be in drum roll Queensland surely oh well we don't know that yet though do we it's getting announced I believe it's going to be announced in the next two days, and I also believe that Queensland have become almost unbackable favourites. So yeah, these you're rarely surprised by these things. So I dare say it's going to be Queensland. I was only saying the other day. The last thing that truly shocked me in football was I remember after the 2015 Grand Final, um, we were or maybe it was 2013. That's when you played Freo, right? And we were sitting yep. in the cafe the next day and found out that Buddy Franklin had chosen to go to Sydney instead of GW. Oh, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. That was the last time I was ever truly surprised because now there's so many leaks to media that essentially everything that happens in the world, you've kind of heard it's going to happen before it happens. But um, the COVID numbers in Queensland are a bit of a concern. If you were WA and you were legitimately wanted to have the grand final, they haven't had a locally transmitted case for a very long time. You'd surely make that case. You can have 20,000 people. Well, you can indeed. And they might have the grand final next year as well. Because I just read, uh, you know, I get little news things pop up on my screen here. I just read one that said Victoria's restrictions could last until September 2021. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. I love this. I'm loving lockdown. My mental health's never been better. (laughs) I'm (sighs) I'm moving back to Adelaide, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that, can we just uh, point out, um, please support the podcast through Patreon because JobKeeper is going to run out soon. <laughs> oh, my God. And stand-up gigs sound like they're going to be illegal for a very long time. <laughs> well, this, 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 yeah, this is saying that face-covering laws could operate until September 2021. How, is that going to be good for stand-up, Danny, having a room full of people wearing face masks? <laughs> Yeah, you you know those crowds who um you, you they just smile at jokes and don't laugh. Yeah, it's oh, going to sound right. like that. Right yeah. now we can't see the smiles. <laughs> at least then we can see the smiles. Going to have oh, to try God. and read their eyes while they're sitting in the crowd. <laughs> Wink uh, if you find me funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, did we? Are there any other talking points from the? Uh, from the weekend? No, except to say that the round isn't over, which really came as a shock to me because I really thought that was the end. And then they said, tomorrow night, North Melbourne, Collingwood. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. But that's the end, the official end of the round um, starts tonight. And then we're back on Thursday night, I think, is the next game. So we're kind of back to a vague festival of footy where we have Monday. We have two two nights off. Right. Yeah. And, then the, and then the festival starts again. Yep. Thank God. I'll say one last talking point. Uh, Chess mentioned the jumpers of West Coast looking good. So Doug Nichols round, those jumpers really favour the teams that mascots are native to Australia. Kangaroos always looks good. Eagles always looks good. There were no dogs until the white people came. 
like I, I've I've asked several of my Aboriginal mates when I was doing the banners. I wanted you know the one of the local words for for dog, and they were like, the best I could do is give you the word for dingo. <laughs> You're right. Well, you don't even uh, have the animal on there. There's no tigers really, but they just go with the color scheme, which you know, yeah, Acadia color scheme, which you you know was also tricky for you with your French. Um, exactly. Yeah, we look we look colonial already. <laughs> uh, I really did enjoy a lot of the jumpers though on the weekend, and I have a question for you, Danny McGinley. Has Wham Clothing issued a writ yet? Are you being sued by Wham nah. Clothing for using the uh, Indigenous flag, Aboriginal flag, on your Instagram? No, I put it up there and I said, bring it on. As as yet, uh, I haven't been sued, but, you know, Tess is studying law. She's going to protect me here. Uh, happy to be her first client. I'm sure she's going to be very good, not like Lionel Hutz at all. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Hutz. No comment. <laughs> all right, well, keep us posted on that one. And uh, for everyone who's been listening, remember we're looking for a better name in world sport than Irving Mosquito. If you have one, please hit us up on the socials and let us know. And hit us up on the socials about anything, anytime. We love to chat uh, with everyone who's listening to the They Came to Play podcast. Um, And we probably should do a tip for tonight, by the way. Who's going to win? North. Collingwood. Yeah, I'm going to tip North. I'm going to tip North as well, actually, in a little bit of an upset. Just for something. I'm trying to get in the tip, so I've got to do something. A bit stupid every now and then. So tipping north is it? North. All right. Uh, I've got all the tips well, right so far this week, except for uh, I thought the Saints would beat the Lions. So damn you, Emery. So you haven't got all so, the tips right. When you said I've got all my tips right, except for the one I got wrong, it means you haven't got them all right. Is that what? Yeah, that, it's called sentence structure, Tess. All right, you're not my lawyer anymore. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry, like that. But that sounded like a lie. So. <laughs> oh, hang on. You're good. You're good, actually, as a lawyer. All right, you're back. All right, thank you, team. Thank you, Liam. Go, dogs. Go, Hawks.